We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. If you would, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It's in your bulletin if you have one, and we're going to read that aloud together. So in the room, let us stand, and let's read aloud Philippians 2, 1 through 4. This then is the text for today. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. May God bless the reading of his word. There are these children's books that you can purchase with your name in them, or you can purchase them with your grandchild's name in them. I had one when I was a kid. They're fantastic. It's always fun to read that Chris is a superhero. Right? Is, is that what we love? There's, there's one out right now that you can purchase. I was looking these up, and it goes something like this. It's for a young child, and it says something like this. Chris is a superhero. Chris has super fast legs. Chris has super strong strength. Chris can do anything. Now, I think that book has more belief in me than I have in myself. And, you know, they get even more fun as you get older. You can buy longer books, too, more like chapter books that put you in the middle of the story, and they get more complicated. And, of course, you become the hero at the end. You, you become the, the savior of the story. And these work because this is how most of us like to think of ourselves. This is how most of us like to daydream. This is how most of us like to imagine life is going. Because, frankly, it's hard not to. It's, frankly, hard not to imagine ourselves as the center of the universe where we wake up in the morning and we open our eyes and this is what we see. I'm the center of the universe and all else kind of revolves around me. And, and if we're the center of the universe, we become the hero. And we become the hero of the world in our own eyes. And so, you know, I just wake up and everything's catered to me, my bedroom, my closet, my life, my schedule. And frankly, it's hard to see it any other way than me at the center it's so hard for us to see anything other than I am the lead actor. And everybody else around me, they're just role players. And these role players that are around me are here for one of two reasons. You're either here to benefit me or to be conquered by me. And, you know, maybe, that, maybe that's the key for our text today because we do, you know, as we understand this text in Philippians, we do need to assess how we view ourselves and how we view ourselves as the center of the universe. And we, we need to, to reconsider that. But, but more importantly in this text today, it's about how we see others in the world. It's how we view everybody else that comes in and out of our story of life. And so in the spirit, we view everybody around us differently. The people that comes, come into our lives are treated differently in the spirit. 
because of who Jesus Christ is. See, God does not allow you to see the people in your life as your supporting cast or the villain of your tale. Look back at verse 3 with me. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. See, you cannot live life like everyone around you is the supporting cast or your villain. Jesus does not allow this. But, but Christ will give you the wisdom and the power and the strength to reconsider how you view the people that are in your life. And, and this is what Jesus does. As, as Jesus works on our heart, he takes the people in our life and he moves them up. It's like we see everybody down here and Jesus comes in and he picks them up and he puts them up here and Jesus says, I want you to view them differently. I don't want you to look down on them. I want you to look up and see the glory and the beauty and the hope and the promise that all of these people in your life have. You see them in a different way. The people in this room are not here as your support staff and, and neither are your coworkers, neither are your employees. God has left you on this earth for you to serve them and not be served by them. In Jesus Christ, we are to do nothing from selfish ambition. You know, this is an interesting word here in verse 3. So, some translations just say selfishness, do nothing out of selfishness. Some say do nothing out of selfish ambition. But this word, it, it's actually only used one time outside of the Bible in the ancient world. But in that one time that it's used, it's very clear what the definition is. In fact, much of the work around it um, clarifies what this word means. And it's a little bit different than the way we read it here in verse 3. Because basically, if we read this in a more literal way, it would read something like this, do nothing a politician would do. Or to, to be, maybe to be more fair to politicians, this is what that work meant around this Greek word. Do nothing a politician would do. But, but basically, it's something like this. Don't behave like politicians who almost always do absolutely anything to get ahead. And that's how they were defining politician there. That for, for a politician, so often their, their selfish ambition causes them to lie, cheat, or steal to get ahead and to get a vote. They see people as their supporting cast to be manipulated into voting them into office, to be manipulated into getting what they want, and, and viewing the people around you as a way to get ahead, like most politicians do, is sinful. See, the people God has placed in your life are not here for your benefit. God has left you on this earth to serve them, not be served by them. In Christ, we're completely different. Jesus says you're to regard uh, others more important than yourselves. And this is so counterintuitive to us. But, but this, is, this is the work of all of Scripture reminds us of this. If we, if we go back and we look, when Jesus was, was almost in his way summarizing the whole Old Testament, but, but certainly summarizing the laws, he was asked about the greatest commandments, and, and Jesus very clearly says in Matthew 22, there's two. And through that, we understand we're not the star of the show. You're not center stage. You are not the Savior. In fact, as we look, the first commandment that he says there, the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. And, and, and with that, God becomes everything in our lives. 
God becomes the star. God becomes the center, the savior. You can't be the star of the show if you love God with everything you are because God is already there shining brightly, shining brighter than you ever could imagine. And God's name always gets top billing. It's his name that's up in lights, his name that's just shining over the whole city that everything that you do in your, in your life absolutely should glorify his name and his name alone. You, you are here as a support cast for him. You are not your own. You know, on some level, even, even if our flesh fights back on this, intellectually we understand that with God as creator, surely he must be greater than us. And, and surely... God deserves top billing. And so we may be able to justify that to ourselves. And, and then what we end up telling ourselves, well, that being the case, I, I need to be in that supporting actor role. And I can be the best supporting actor there is. I'm not the star, but I can be Walter Brennan. And I can win best supporting actor. But you know, I'm not sure that's right either. And verse 3 reminds us to regard one another as more important than ourselves. It's almost as if we shouldn't even view ourselves as second fiddle, but we're more like a stagehand in this great production. You know, Jesus reminded us that the second greatest commandment is like the first. You, you love your neighbor as yourself. And as you live your life day to day, how are we viewing the people that God brings into our life that come in and out of it? Do, do you view the people in your life as extras in your story? Because the second greatest commandment, what Jesus Christ calls us to, changes this mindset, changes how we view people. God does not bring people into your life to fill up the playbill. God is intentional. It's not an accident that the, the people that come in and out of your life today, it's not an accident that people are going to come in and out of your life tomorrow. God is bringing them in so that you can serve them and lift them up in Jesus Christ. There are going to be people who cross your path today that God, God brought intentionally. And as God brings them intentionally into your life, God fully expects you to obey him. And, and this is what we mean by that. God fully expects you to serve them and love them and do whatever you can to support them. You know, this goes against our flesh. And, and some of this is hard for us to wrestle with. And apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, this feels completely unnatural. Our, our flesh just wants to take care of ourself. I just want to take care of me. And if I could just kind of cocoon myself into this one little thing and just be king of my cocoon, then everything else is going to be okay. And I can just forget everybody else and just take care of me. You see, life is so much easier. Life is so much more appealing if we can just cut out everybody else and just be mine and just take care of me and be king of my little kingdom, to be hero of my story, to be the provider for my family. That way feels easier. But know this, though it feels easier, it is a road marked for destruction. What Scripture is calling us to here and what's been calling us to all along is to think outside of ourselves, to serve outside of ourselves. And, and if we just cocoon ourselves off, it is sinful. It's leading to destruction. You know, th this, is what, this is what happens usually when, when we try to just live a life for ourselves. 
even early on in that, when, when we try to sh shoulder this responsibility where, where, where I'm, I'm the center of this universe, I'm, I'm the savior, I'm, I'm the provider for my family, I'm the one that's going to take this and run with it. Early on, we start to realize that we're not capable of that. We're not capable of making it through. And at some point, at some point, you're going to feel the pressure of, of the spotlight shining in on you. You're going to start to feel the, the weight of, of being the Savior. And you quickly, you quickly realize that your knees are buckling under the weight of this life and that you can't handle it. And, and it's like we're, we're sitting here buckling and we're trying to spin plates. And we're spinning all these plates in our life and we're trying to keep everything spinning. And, and everything just starts to fall and starts to crumble and shatter at our feet. And as it does, we begin to try to exploit the people around us and try to make it work, and it never does. Everything just crumbles and falls apart when we try to shoulder it, when we try to carry this responsibility, when we try to be the center of the universe. But the hope of Scripture and the hope of the gospel this morning is that there is another way. You don't have to do that. You, you don't have to live at the center. You're not called to be the provider. You were never asked to be the Savior. You don't have to carry that weight. There's, there's another way where we find the joy of being a stagehand. You're not the director, you're not the lead actor, but you're a part of setting the stage for the greatest act of all time. You no longer have to worry about taking care of all your own stuff. You no longer have to worry about the details of being a producer or a star because that's not what you were called to do in this story. All of that hard work falls on the shoulders of God himself. All of that hard work, it's, it's Christ on the cross. When he is, he's up there on the cross for our sake, he is bearing all of the weight of this world on his shoulders so we don't have to bear it. He's pulling us through and taking care of this for us. He's redeeming you and saving you in that moment. And we are a part of the crew that gets to watch the master at work. You know, you'll often hear people say something, something like this, and you need to be able to, to recognize it when you hear it. You, you're, you'll, you'll hear people say, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that ever has to, to deal with this. I'm the only one that, that ever has to face this kind of temptation. You, you don't understand what I'm walking through. You, you don't know what it's like to face the things that I'm facing. You, you don't know what it's like to walk in my shoes. And I think we need to be real careful when we hear those words, one, come out of our own mouths, but also out of the mouths of others. Because what we're saying... When we say that, that I'm the only one that understands, I'm the only one that can handle this, what we're saying in that moment is we're saying, I'm the star of this show, I'm the savior of this moment, and no one could possibly understand what I'm going through, because you're not the star. You're the supporting cast, and you can't handle what I'm handling right now. Now, we might not use that language, but when you say nobody else understands what I'm going through, what you're saying is I'm more important I'm more important than the extras in my drama. They couldn't handle what I handle. And that, that mindset is unhealthy, it is unbiblical, and it is untrue. You are not a one-man show that no one else can perform. You know, though we like to think of ourselves this way, it's, it's not true. So saying things like no one else can do it or no one else understands are lies that Satan himself has told us to keep us away from the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because right now, and you need to know this, everything that you are facing right now, Jesus Christ has already been through. 
Everything that you are facing, Jesus Christ knows it. He knows it line for line and he completely understands. You are not alone and you have someone with you, someone more powerful than you that will walk with you through it all. Hand in hand, showing you the way forward. And Jesus Christ comes to fix it. Everything and everywhere that you failed, for all of the ways that life shattered, Jesus Christ comes and puts it back together. Jesus Christ heals and redeems. You know, for so many of us, it's, it's like we've just wandered out on a stage that's not built for us, and we're caught like an amateur in a spotlight. And then an understanding Jesus Christ meets us at center stage, and he puts his arm around us, and he, and he walks us back to where we belong as a stagehand. And, you know, when Jesus walks us back behind the curtain, something incredible happens. We start to realize that we're not the show. We start to realize that we're a part of something much greater. We're a part of the work of Jesus Christ in and through the church. There's something greater than us at work here. Let's go backward a little bit. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 again. So Philippians 2, 1 and 2. Therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection, any compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. When, when we give up our dream of being the star, we get to work with amazing people behind the scenes who are doing work that affects the holy and the eternal. We get to be a part of work that fills the throne room of God. You, you start to realize that there's so much more to this life than whatever you had on your to-do list, than whatever you came up for your story and your life. God has something greater in store. And when you're ready to give up the dream of starring in your own show, and you're ready to surrender to Jesus Christ, heaven opens up, angels descend, and you get to see life unfold through the cross of Jesus Christ. And then everything begins to make sense. In that, everything becomes clearer. Life becomes clearer and purposeful and compassionate when you put Christ on the cross at the center. You see, when all of us begin to unify around that one message and we begin to unify around that one star, Jesus Christ, we, we will start to, to work to make sure that it's his name lit up in lights across the city and not our own. We, we'll begin to see Jesus get top billing and we're going to work fervently to support that mission of advancing the kingdom of God. And make no mistake, when just one or two of us in the room get united around that vision of the Christ, when we're intent on the purpose of promoting and being a stagehand for Jesus, miracles happen. Things we never could have imagined happen. And God begins to do things in the Spirit that are way beyond us. And that's what we need today. Life beyond us, not life in our own strength. You see, when we're all separated, when we're all uh, apart from one another, trying to take care of things on our own, we don't accomplish anything. But when we come together, when we come together in the Spirit of God for the advancement of the kingdom of God, that's when we start to see the church flourish. That, that's when we're going to find these things that you see in verse 1, that the encouragement and the peace that can't be found anywhere else. And, and you're, you're not going to find the fellowship or the compassion outside of the role that you were called to play in the church. If you try to force your way ahead, try to force your way ahead of everybody else, all you're going to do is fall flat on your face. 
But if you will serve, if we'll regard one another as more important than ourselves, if, if we'll look out for the interests of others, God's going to do this very same thing for us. God's going to do that very same thing for you in ways you never could have on your own. Surrender that leading role over to God. Let, let him take the show. Let him write a new story of your life with the cross at the center. Because what you're looking for this morning is not found in bright lights. It's found backstage. What you're looking for this morning is found as a stagehand serving the lead, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we love you, and we, we love what you're doing. Lord, we accept how you're humbling us, how you're nurturing us. And Lord, we ask that your spirit would continue to move this morning. Move in our hearts and, and show us how to serve like Christ served to get down on our knees and wash one another's feet. Lord, we don't always know what that looks like. We ask that you would come and help us and show us a way forward. So, Lord, would you come break into our hardened hearts? Lord, we surrender to you. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.